Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show and good evening. This is the Old Man and the Kid podcast. I'm Jeff, the old man. That is Paul. He is the kid. We're doing a Hitchcock Experience preview episode, and who better to talk to than the race director himself and slapping the bass, slapping the bass, bass player extraordinaire, Ron Reese. Ron, thanks so much for joining us. How's it going? It's going great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. It's a real pleasure. So we got a big think, uh, extraordinary, extraordinary. experience. Yeah, exactly. So we got four distances, right? Talk to me. What do we got going on? Right. We got the introduction. That's a half marathon, a 50 miler that actually starts at 9 p.m. So you start in the dark and you finish when the 100 milers do. A couple of years ago, we added 101K the hard way, which by the hard way, we mean you do the half marathon in the morning and come back and do the 50 miler at night. So it's not one continuous 100K. You got to sit there and think about it for a while before you come back out. And then, of course, the the marquee would be the, the 100 mile that we that was the original goal for this was to at least get the 100 miler in there. But we were lucky enough to get some other distances added in. And, and the, the 100, obviously, is, is normally, like you said, the marquee. But, you know, one of the things that, that makes Hitchcock unique is that 101K the hard way. You know, so those runners will go run that half marathon first thing in the morning, leave at 5 a.m. the same time the 100 milers start, correct? Right They'll on. Finish their one loop. Then they have to push pause, wait until the 50 milers start several hours later, nine at night, and then right. go run the 50. So it's even, I love it because the hard part's second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think setting around, you know, even with the shorter distance first, just setting around thinking about it and, locking up a little bit maybe that's there's a lot of stage races but i don't know how many of them are actually two stages in the same day for for things like that so it's it's a little different on it i, I like it i'm looking at ultra sign up and there's 62 registered entrants for the 100 miler but you get to that 101k the hard way there's 12 and then well, that's a big drop yeah that's a big drop and some of that's on purpose because with the restrictions we have the half marathon we can only have so many people in there so to add in more people for the 101k we stopped it at 15 which we did have some people uh took early out this year a few of them so we we were sold out on everything and way above but uh Leading up to race day, a couple of people had, had to graciously bow out. So, a little of the attrition happens every year. That's yeah, that's that's standard for any race. So, and what what year is this for Hitchcock? I know it's hard to count because of the twenty twenty. Is this is this year six? It the sixth year we run it. It would have been seven. seven. Started in two thousand fifteen. So, last year twenty twenty would have been the sixth year, but. As you know, three weeks before they they put the kibosh on that. Yeah. So, um, Ron, I think a lot of people wonder, like, why December? Why is Hitchcock one? That why is the Hitchcock experience in December in Iowa? What's the inspiration behind all that? <laughs> well, I could make up a cool story about that, or tell you the truth. So maybe we'll blend those two <laughs> in a little bit. Um, we actually. You know, there's getting so many races anymore. There are so many things going on. We wanted to have a time frame where there weren't a lot of other races together. And 
I mean, who does that? That's normally you go to Minnesota or something to run stupid things like that in the winter. But also that's really, according to the park, a good time where we won't hurt the trail as much. Nobody, nobody likes zero degrees when they're running really, but the Rangers get really excited because that means we don't tear up the trail if the ground's so, so hard you, uh, you can't put a footprint in it. So it's actually two things kind of the, that we wanted to do that, but the park's very happy. They wouldn't have let us do it in April or something, you know, when the ground's thawing out and we'd have that many people over eight laps tearing up the trail pretty good, so... We like, to, we like to tell people when, when, when they're asking us about, like, why in the world would you do one in the Midwest in December? It's like, because yeah, that's how, if we're going to go ultra, we're going to go ultra, right? So yeah, let's put that's in the right. Worst possible time. It's like the anti-bad water. Instead of going there in its hottest time of the year, we're going to come here in the coldest time of the year. Right. You know, when you want a $125, $125, $125 degree temperature swing, I guess you do bad water and Hitchcock and, mm-hmm. and there, there you go. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a perfect, uh, you know, each end of the spectrum, it's a perfect dichotomy. But if it goes, if it goes above 40, we can't get Minnesota people down. So, or up, so down. There, there are some rumors that race directors lie. So we can just tell them that it'll be 30, whatever they need it to be. Right. Well, I mean, the current forecast is 42 sunny and a slight breeze. <laughs> you know it's true. Hashtag race directors, race directors. Oh, come on. You guys brought me on so you could dig on me for that, huh? <laughs> yes, that's not the first that. Not that oh, yeah, no. Not that. We're not going to hold it to you, hold you to that too badly. But speaking of, uh, of weather, there may be a little coming in maybe before him. Yeah, I mean, every day it changes. We were looking really good, and then all of a sudden there's a chance of snow on Friday, and it bottomed out Saturday, and, of course, back to normal, not normal, but uh, better temperatures Monday and Tuesday, and then you wait a day, and uh, seriously, 10 minutes ago it was 42 and sunny for the forecast on Saturday. But who knows? I mean, I'll, I'll let you know Saturday at five o'clock in the morning what the weather's going to be like because it's it's changed every day. We have no clue what that's going to be like, but in the grand scheme, it seems like it's going to be probably a fair amount warmer than it, than it has been in quite a few of the past years. Mm-hmm. Talk so. about what um, could you say maybe the worst weather experience Hitchcock has had so far, and then maybe the best weather. Wow, I. Th- probably from a runner perspective 19 was about the worst because there was depending where you're at on the trail five to nine inches of snow on it and the weekend before was hunting up through wednesday or thursday so there were no feet on that trail with that much snow on so basically the half marathoner and 100 milers were the snow plows for the first loop of that race so that that was pretty hard on people some of the you know, there's no switch, but you guys have been out there, so no switchbacks or anything. And some of those downs are short but steep, and people just pretty much slid down on their butt to uh, make it top to bottom on those. Probably weather. You were, were going to go down those on your butt either way. So whether it was intentional or <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, intentional that's, or that's not. What, that's what it was going to do. So you may as well take out the impact. I know, I know somebody posted a video and he's like, shows the video down one of those. He goes, you know why there's no footprints on there? It says, we can't stand up. And then he just takes off and, and slides down it. Love it. So that was probably 
the worst and it got pretty cold overnight too on that. That's a couple of times it's hit between zero and nine degrees overnight on those races. The first year was probably actually weather wise was the best. It was seriously about 42 degrees, but we had inches of rain the Tuesday before. So the course was pretty miserable traction wise and running, but the weather was, was bright, sunny and mild. So from that standpoint, that was, that was probably the best year. And the, the snow year was definitely the hardest on people. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the course right now in the trip, she seems to have her Sunday best on right now. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Cause there hasn't really been a lot of late season. I think probably that rain we got in October was really about, the only rain to speak of and it was almost cement out there for a while i mean it was, it was really pretty, it firm was, yeah it was pretty dry so uh, depending what happens on friday this year i think everything will be good i you know who knows what we're going to get i saw zero to six inches and 70 percent right now so it's it's a coin toss but i think mm-hmm. they'll hold up pretty well they've they've held up every year really good this is just speaking for me, and I'm a I'm a participant in the hundred miler this year. But I would rather it be an inch of snow than three hours or four hours of rain. I would just I think this I think the course would hold that snow a little bit better than the rain. Oh, yeah, we'll yeah, definitely. I think rain yeah. three hours to four hours of rain would be pretty fun though. But now we're talking about <laughs> Friday. We're not going to get to experience any of it. It's just what it's going <laughs> to do to the trail. Yeah, you can have all the 38 degree rain you want, Noble. I'll just let I'll me have a nice little. White hey, person. we're ready for it. We went out there that one day. It was that I was getting struck by lightning. <laughs> hey, my wife watches this. You can't say that. <laughs> there was no lightning. <laughs> yeah, no okay, more, so no more group run, no more runs with Paul now for for <laughs> Mister Morick after that. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in, in the history of Hitchcock, without having to get too specific, we have had a couple of uh, and participants this year. Is that right? That have had some pretty remarkable success from the female side. Jody Seminel, she's been. Um, tell me what her what her accomplishments are so far that you can recall. She's been there every single year we've had the race and finished them all. Won it mm-hmm. numerous times. So and, I mean, and that's she's... including last year, which didn't which didn't happen. Well, yeah, actually. So she's, she's got one more than even normal people have because they, mm-hmm. they went out and ran that. And that was, I think a lot of people probably were glad they weren't out there last year after we found out what happened when I was driving out there to just do a one man aid station for them. And we were the people that plowed the highway getting into the park there. It was, it was quite a, quite a deal and it got cold, but few of them hung out got that done so yeah Jody's it's like if Jody's not there I don't even know if we have the race anymore you know that's that's about where that's at and you know even in local Corey Logston has the course record so Omaha's had a pretty good showing out there and Casey of course and the 50 miler and different things she's she's took care of business out there a number of times so there's a well, I mean, you know, you guys hang around the same people. You know the the talent we got around the area, not taken away from anybody else. But of course not. And definitely and, got Cole, definitely got some Corey runners. Jody are, are both in it this year again. Right, correct? right. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a pretty heavy field. Right, right. Somebody's somebody's gonna have to step up if they if they want to take that crown. Yeah, Paul, like Paul's nodding. I see Paul nodding. I don't know about that one. 
I'm gonna give my the, kid, the kid's coming up, man. The kid's on the come up for real. You know, it's I mean, really, what 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 is 18 hours at Hitchcock for the hundred? You 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 go for it, Paul. Yeah, 18 is not happening for <laughs> me, but um, nice, nice. Well, you know, well any done. any given year too, that's it's not always going to be the same. So, nineteen's want it. Nineteen's want it before twenty twos want it. Yeah. I'm excited to see what you can do, but I mean, watching you and Jeff, you know, you just took off this year. So a little prop right. to you on that. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's going to be a ride. He's going to have a good, he's going to have a really good day. When you put in the work, he's going to have a really good day. Familiarity with the trail will be, will be really huge too. How many times you guys go out this year getting ready for the race? Because it seemed like every weekend you were there almost. It was. <laughs> I think it was. I don't know how. I don't. We just don't even count the times. It's. I don't. I don't know. I mean, over this last two months, where it was specific training for this race for me, it was almost every single Saturday and Sunday for two months. You know, that's coming from about three hours away. Nice. Yeah, I know you guys, you get up early and stay a long time. So let, let me be the, let, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You got it. Well, let me be the interviewer then. I mean, you guys are out there all the time. Trail wise, what's, what's like the highs and low spots for you on that loop that something really kill you or. Um, I love it. Go Paul. I really hate that. Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's that slow incline up to the bathrooms and then you go up to the campground it's, it's that. the Hanukkah trail that leads up to a campground yeah coming at yeah, yeah i just that's... hate that one because it's not it's not steep enough where you where you're just hiking it it's just steep enough where like you feel like you should be running it um and it's and it's one of the longer stretches really too for a climb so that, that's probably it ends with a really steep climb so you're you're gradual up and then when you get to the very end right before you get up to the bathrooms at that at that tent site that's that's pretty good click right there to, to get up yeah. to the top that's a pretty miserable section yeah for sure well hey jeff well how'd you how would you compare it to mines of spain um there's not nearly as many stairs yeah, That's Satan sure. stair Satan staircase. I am not a fan of. <laughs> That's I. Th I think Hitchcock. Um, I mean, there's more vert for sure at Hitchcock. It's. Um, I think the familiarity with it is is hard for me to compare because mine's was brand new and every step was was it was a brand new step until you've completed that loop. Was that a four loop race? Is that right? Five. Yeah, right? I think so. Five. Yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, um, twenty mile. I think. So, but, but then for Hitchcock, you know, just there, there's to me like West Ridge, obviously the climb up there is pretty gnarly. Um, I think it's called Iron Gate that, that leads you up to when you go down to the Oasis. That guy is, is a bear. The sec, the second or the, the first big climb on legacy going counterclockwise at the very end of that thing is just brutal to me. Yeah. Um, but the rest of it is manageable ish, you know, I mean, it's, it's manageable ish, but those are just, soul crushers and i don't remember mines of spain having anything like that i mean mines had that really long pasture out and back that just seemed to go on forever that was just brutal mentally not physically right but the other stuff those stairs were just a just a bear at mines of spain but i think hitchcock has got more claws i think but i'll, I'll, I'll give it a fair assessment after 
I've ran <laughs> thousands of miles out there, just never a hundred in a row. Right, right. Cool. I was, I was just interested. I I love Josh Sun and everybody out at uh, on the the coast, so to speak, out there, the no coast coast of Dubuque. And Paul just did a training run out there last weekend. Yeah, I, I'm in I'm in Cedar Falls, so it's only an hour and a half. Oh yeah, awesome. From uh, me, but um, I mean, I personally think like when I go out there, it just feels so easy compared to running at Hitchcock. Mine's a spangle. Cool. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll give you guys a scoop here and Josh can yell at me later if he gets mad. There's a, there is a chance we might be doing something together next yeah. year. So right on. You want to get breaking your... news on the old man and the kid. <laughs> there you guys, you, you got it. I mean, we <laughs> haven't talked to anybody about that, but yeah, if we can get anymore. that worked there are out. Dozens of people who are going to know by tomorrow night. <laughs> right on. Tens right of on. tens. Tens of tens. <laughs> You can probably count them all on one finger. All right. Well, you got the scoop anyway, for what it's worth. Uh, briefly, let's talk about the loop at Hitchcock. We've talked about it as a loop, but just briefly. So kind of the distance, the aid stations, the a little bit, um, the logistics. You bet. Um, roughly 12 and a half mile loops. So four for the 58 for the hundred we do a little out and back for the half marathoners to tack on that extra 0.6 or whatever to get them a little closer to the 13.1 so nobody points at the garmin and yells at me too much that they didn't get the right distance but uh three three aid stations on the loop so the start finish would be the first one they're not evenly spaced but the second one is the campground at say about three and a half, 3.6 miles, you'll hit the campground aid station. Uh, Michael Bergen and everybody there will do an awesome job. That's a, that's oh, a good crew amazing. there. That, they, that yeah. aid station will be on fire. He's amazing. It's good. Stay away from Larry Kelly. That guy's just trouble. So always you know, good if, if at all possible, just uh, <laughs> look the other direction. If he glances your way. And then uh, the other aid station on the course is roughly halfway the oasis that uh, once again, everybody will love those people and seeing them every time coming around because they really take care of you. Chris Hug, Kay Joyce, and John Kresick, that they'll, uh, they take care of the runners in, in fine fashion. That's an all-star then, crew right there. That's terrific. Yeah, that's an all-star crew. They've taken over that aid station since the second year and pretty much, I mean, it's, it's all them. They, they tell me to stay away, stay out of it, and uh, we'll handle it. So that one, that is the the middle aid station, and that's pretty much center of the loop, maybe slightly over. So then just kind of on your own coming back to start, finish again, six miles, 6.2, somewhere right around there. So as far as ultras and trail races go, still not a huge distance, but you'll definitely want to plan leaving that aid station to have a full bottle or hydration and everything when you're on your way back. And it's nice again, as a competitor to have them closer like that, but then in, in the bigger gap, which we're talking six miles in an ultra, that's not a huge gap between aid stations. But when you, for that one at the end, you're back at start finish, you're back at the lodge, which would be like the main headquartered aid station. So even when there's a bigger gap, when you return to a place with a ton of care provided and your own, that's just huge. I mean, that really is beneficial for the competitors. Yeah. We're just, and, and those are at the places where the crew and other people can get to the campground. Okay. So we kind of make do, you know, it's not equidistant between everything, but 
I don't think anybody will have a problem and there, there hasn't been any issues with somebody running out of things in that six miles, even though on average, it'll take people a little longer on that course than it could on somewhere. So six miles might seem like 10, but mm-hmm. well, you're back before you know it. Out there yeah. <laughs> Depends what lap you're on, right? Uh-huh. The final lap six sure feels like 50. I know that final lap when I did the 50 mile, I believe it was 18. I thought that was the snow year, but regardless. So when you're coming up from blazing star and I was new to the course, I did not know the trail at all. And I'd run three loops at night. So the fourth loops in the day and I'm finishing, I come up blazing star. The lodge is right there. I mean, you can throw a snowball and hit it, but you're not at the end. You got to right, right. badger, go down through hidden Valley, back up this shoot. And I didn't know where I was because everything had been in the park. And I was like, Oh man, we're, we're not there. We're not there. <laughs> when, when, uh, Scott and I were just thinking about getting a race out there, we climbed up the tower and we were just looking over that, you know, like in 2014, just looking around it's like we have to have a hundred miler out here it'd be so cool and we're up on top of that thing it's like this is we need to call this the beacon of hope and despair because uh, if you know if you're coming in you like to see that you know that's the hope you see the lights and you go that's awesome but if you're halfway through and you still got 50 miles to go that's kind of where the despair sets in because it's not so cool when you know you got to go back out for uh, for a few more laps but now you talk about that that tower. It's not a water tower. That's like a hot watching tower, right? Nobody. Would call right, it right. Yeah, tower. a viewing tower. Um, now there are some rumors, and maybe something I've witnessed before. But is it possible? Has it happened? Is it unprecedented that a runner can receive their finisher's buckle atop said tower? Uh, yeah, unfortunately for me, on with uh, overalls and everything on and boots, and I try to run up that thing. That that kind of started the second year had some uh, kids come up from uh, over from Illinois and on his last lap when he's going out and he goes, I'll probably just run up the tower when I get back. You know, he was just being smart and he come up, come back around and then, you know, kind of bent over and stuff. And I said, all right, dude, let's go. And I took off with his buckle up the top of the tower and him and his pacer followed me up there and got the buckle. So it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was a joke. And then in 19, I posted the video of that, you, you know, on the Facebook page just for fun. And then all of a sudden, all these people wanted to do it at the end of the race. I mean, I like got my training in just at the finish line because there's probably 10, 12 people wanted me to wanted to chase me up the tower to get their buckle or their award. So well, t- today me it. wants to do that. Today <laughs> me does. I don't know about Sunday me, but the today me think that's an awesome idea. Well, oh, I you're think down, right? You're going up. I'm down, <laughs> yeah. man. Send it up there. I thought. Dude, Paul, you guys will probably catch me though. That one, that's like <laughs> when you catch the rabbit with the ground. Yeah, I don't track, think you catch no anything like mile 100. You got nothing <laughs> to worry about. Not at that. Uh, no, that was that that had unintended consequences when I posted the video again, but uh, <laughs> turned out pretty fun. People enjoy it, and it was. And when you said you thought it was the snow year, there was multiple years that snowed pretty good. So. Yeah, 18, I'm pretty sure, was the year. I know I ran it that year, and it was was really rough. Uh, I want to say 19 was the year that it was okay. I didn't run that year, but I remember it snowing at the end. I was keeping up with it at the end. There was quite a bit of snowfall that, you know, for the finish of the 50 and the 100, of course. Yeah, that was like mid-morning. It kind of started 
started taking off a little. So, so during the race, if, um, you know, for tracking or for any kind of following of the athletes, what is provided, if anything, for friends and family to, to keep up? Is there anything that we, that we can pass along? Uh, Pretty non-existent, actually. If we get a chance, there, there's no official athlete tracking or anything like okay. some races have. I think really we'll probably look into that in the future and, and see what we need to do to hook our timing up with that so we can provide that. In the past, if somebody's paying attention or sees a runner come in, we've tried to post it on Facebook and mm-hmm. on Instagram, not Instagram, sorry, on uh, Twitter that uh, I know Kim has done that for me before Kim Boltzma that uh, she'll post things on there, but there's nothing official. So if you're sitting around waiting to, to see that your runner pop up, there's, there's a good chance you're not going to see it, but if at all possible, we try to throw things up. And I, I did the tracking from home in 19 and I can just remember, um, you know, via the Facebook that it, I thought it went really well. I mean, Cause there's such a variance and you know, people are kind of coming through kind of consistently of varying distances. So you're getting them right. quite a few updates. So yeah. it was, I thought that worked fairly well. But maybe uh, hopefully in the future we can get that in a, in an official capacity where it, the timing system will hook into that and then we can, that'll get provided automatically when people come over the mat. So we'll do see you, what uh, we can do on that. Do you have a, um, sampling of what the hundred miler finishers will receive this year like a you buckle know, of some I, sort i just maybe would have that maybe oh maybe there. you know but it's like backwards so i'm turning it the wrong ways i don't oh, know if anybody perfect. can it looks exactly right like there it looks like it belongs in my collection <laughs> yeah you better you got you got your belt you guys got your belts ready to go on that uh, uh hey if i win it i'll wear it constantly if i win <laughs> it i'll wear it if i earn it i'll hang it but if i win it i'll wear it i saw go. ron last weekend at the western states watch party and he had that buckle with him and he was happy to show it to me and if you'll remember i'll say man i'm not going to get too close to that thing i got to earn that thing and then i'll be i'll be all over it then but not until you know, I got a Western States shirt just like that. That's brand spanking new. That's never seen the light of day because I missed a cutoff. So that thing's mm-hmm. it's it's not to wear. <laughs> I, can I can relate. And this year, also new to Hitchcock is now it's a UTMB points earning race. Is that right? Yes. And we, we've had that a couple times in the past, and it seemed like nobody really utilized it. And before, it actually cost money to do that, and they've taken away that. That In the end, it wasn't a big enough value. We wouldn't have done it anyway, but it's, it seemed like nobody was taking advantage of it, so we, we didn't resubmit. And we had some people this year that definitely needed the points. It's a five-point race. Big Paul needs them points. I need Paul five more. Points. Yeah, I got five. There you go. That's your other five. So, there you go. yeah, it was, and that's that's kind of a fun deal. It helps people out. I don't know that there's a lot of them that uh, try to get qualified in for that. So it makes it nice, and it, that it's not a a low point race either. That that you can get your two races in and and get the total for it. So and it is indeed so- UTB. Go ahead. For, and just for some of the uh, people who might not know, UTMB is Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. So it's a big time hundred mile race in the French Alps. You know, the 
was it 30,000 feet, 31,000 feet of gain or just, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a big deal bucket list race. And you know, this, these points that this Hitchcock finishing Hitchcock earns runners points as you earn points, it allows you the opportunity to enter the lottery to potentially get drawn to participate. So it's a big deal. We're we're grateful that you do that because it does, Sometimes it's hard to find these races and having one year in like this is really clutch. Cause if you're like falls five short, bam, you can, you can, here's a chance. Yeah. We had a couple of people and one guy was really late signing up and luckily he was high enough on the wait list. He got back in, but he's like, I need that race. I have to have that race. Cause he's, he's five short too. So he needed, he needed the points to get qualified. He was qualified the year before, and then they rolled over, but he didn't understand you needed to actually get the points again. He thought since they rolled him, he was automatic, but he still yeah. had to get the points and he was scrambling to, to get them. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of that um, catch 22. It's like, hey, great news. There's a way for you to earn five more points for UTMB. Oh, well, you got to do it at Hitchcock. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> you really got to earn it. Yeah, I guess that's not quite, quite like a having a Western States qualifier that's on some rail to trail. That's uh, nothing like Western States. So mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. you get a little challenge, I guess. Nothing against those races. I've used them too, to get into Western States. So I can, whatever the lottery. Right. Well, better luck next year for all of us there. Oh, I, I think since Tim got in, in like 2013, I think Nebraska had somebody in every single year, except this year. Hmm. So that's because I was in it. Curse. Way to way to bring everybody down, buddy. You're welcome. Just got to give the people true. what they want. <laughs> and then you have the people with you know 128 tickets or something. Uh, Jason Kuman that we know that run Hitchcock. Uh, I think they drew his name three times out of there. It's like you can't even imagine getting drawn once and somebody got three times. And I've been telling this story that from the watch party, this is getting off Hitchcock a little bit, but a guy got his name drawn, nobody we know, but in the Western watch party and the hard rock uh, lottery, the Western lottery and the hard rock lottery at the same time, the same yeah. guy. Come yeah, on. That's, that's crazy. It's not right. It's an inside job. <laughs> it's not right. Inside uh, is there is there anybody specific that needs a special recognition or thanks that's putting out a special effort to help with the race this year? Oh man, number one's volunteers, volunteers, volunteers. Without that, there's there's no race. It doesn't, you know. People send things in. Oh yeah, thanks for a great race and stuff. And it's like, I'm sure I try to do my best, but it's not the Ron show. I mean, it's it's volunteers, and we actually have people coming from South Dakota drive two and a half hours to come out just to volunteer at the aid station. I mean, that, I mean, that says volumes for the goats in general and and the people we have there that people are willing to do that. Yeah. You you got some swag on there. Paul does. And I mean, I don't know what that's up with that. You thought he might get a little goat swag, but no, but uh, Emily Wanless and everybody that, that she brings, brings over that's, that's just awesome. We appreciate that. They, they give donate monetary donations from the people up there. And even uh, 605 running the store in their area has donated money 
before. So for a running store in South Dakota to make a donation to our race, I mean, I, I'm very grateful for that. And the local people that we have, like we've already talked about, Michael Bergen and everybody that uh, does the campground, Chris John Kay out at the Oasis. And that's that's not minimizing anybody that also helps at those aid stations, but those people are like the glue that, that hold all that together. So I, I appreciate everybody, but those people, you know, like the Oasis, they came the second year and they're like, Hey, we got an idea. And it's like, you don't have to sell that to me. I want somebody to take it over like that. Cause I think that's great for the runners too. When you come through and, and you guys know from the races you've done, when you see some of those same people over and over again, you, you know, it's like, you know, them and they know you and they kind of know what you want when you come in and help you out. And it gives you a mental boost when you can see some of those same faces in there. So to have our aid stations with, you know, you know, a couple of three shifts in there that you're seeing the same people hour after hour, I think that that's a good mental boost for everything. So that's, that's really the main part. Hitchcock nature center. I mean, without them, we have nothing as well. And it's, it's not, they don't even just let us have the race. I mean, they have full buy-in on that. So Chad and Chad, the park rangers, Jeff Franco, that, I mean, those guys step up for us all the time. When we had to close the race last year, you know, last minute when the governor put the outdoor restrictions on, they, maybe I shouldn't even say it, but I mean, they were, they were looking for loopholes for us. They were trying to get that thing to happen. They didn't just go, oh, better luck next year, you know, get out of here they were they were pushing for it they wanted to see that race too so those those I'm guys want to brag awesome. on those rangers especially chad a big training run out there for a backyard ultra several months ago and you know we talked to him because we were going to be out there overnight and just wanted him to know what we were doing so he wasn't concerned and this guy, Chad, just absolutely bent over backwards to accommodate us. Two guys out here just doing a training block. And without going into specifics, but just did a lot of things above and beyond, unrequested, just on his own to make sure that we were going to be taken care of, comfortable, safe, able to come and go. It was it was amazing, the treatment, just for a couple of guys that want to enjoy the trail. So I know that place. I mean, we, we love, love, love that place. And the people are the thing. And kind of piggyback on the thank yous that you were going on. You know, I've got, we both have ultra friends. We all do all, all over the place. And one of the common questions about the goats is because I brag on the goats and the organizations and the races all the time. When, when the people and then the volunteers of the goats is the separator. When you've experienced these all over the place, they're great experiences, but the goats are literally the goats when it comes to this. And that's why I've got some friends coming in from out of state. I want them to experience not only the trail, but the people, because I know that they've, they, these are big time seasoned ultra runners and they're going to be blown away by how amazing these volunteers and aid stations and the people are from just randoms in the lodge to out there on the trail. So it's so exciting for, to be able to share the greatness of this organization that I'm lucky enough just to be a, you know, the tiniest little part of by a participant with these other guys. So, man, I'm just so excited and grateful for you to, I mean, the, the heart, the work as a race director is tireless and, you know, it took some time tonight to spend it with us, but um, very grateful for you and the organization that you do to put together hall of fame crew leaders and they put together amazing teams. So these things go off 
really well. It's just so much fun. Can't say thank you enough for the work you do to give us this opportunity to have a blast. Yeah, the Pete, you you pretty much said it all right there. The people are, and, and everybody's going to say they have the best volunteers in the world, but I I believe we have some of the best volunteers for ultras and people. Most of those people have ran ultras themselves, so they're pretty familiar with it too. So when you're out in the middle of nowhere at two o'clock in the morning and you don't even know what day it is that uh, they know exactly what you're feeling, they can <laughs> they can help you out on there. So that's a uh, you, you nailed it there. They're just world-class and we're, 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 I mean, I'll speak for both of us. Super excited to start. Paul, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? I'm pumped. I'm ready to do it. Long time coming. I was so pumped last year and then obviously, um, couldn't happen last year. So I was just like, man, I got so ready for Hitchcock. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad to see you guys out this. I love talking about it just to, just try to bring a light to it, you know, and to know that you guys are that into it, then that, that makes me feel well that we're, what we're doing's kind of resonating with people. And we'll, we'll keep going forward with that. The more, more feedback we get, the, the more things we can do better and different to, to keep you guys happy and coming back. Cause it's, I don't, nobody's just an entrant to me. I mean, you guys know too, from the races you've been at, how many friends you've made, from different states and places just being in ultras because it's not like your competition when you're out there you, know, you get done and all of a sudden you have six different crews because everybody's watching out for you when you come into the aid station the, the community is just just the best and and just this race alone uh, we've got friends from minnesota and friends from alabama coming to compete. And these are runners that we've met and raced with at no business in Tennessee. We've met and raced with at Zion in Utah. We've met and raced with at Shawnee Hills in Illinois. Now I've, I've convinced them to come try out our trail. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I appreciate you, you pimping us out too. Cause that, that makes us feel good that people want to want to recommend it to others. I was going to ask you, Jeff, though, is there going to be name that tune when you guys are out running this uh, time that I got to come up with something? I'm telling you, um, probably the first time in ultra running history, we might need to get ultra running magazine down here to document this, but a participant is going to start a hundred mile race wearing a Nelson concert shirt. <laughs> That's going to be me. Oh, so, man. Starting full blown Nelson. And there's like five guys in the band who knew, but um, anyway, yeah, we'll probably discuss some hair bands and lyrics and there'll be some song singing and all. it'll be it'll be like Crown of the Crest just longer. What the heck was that you asked me about at Crown when we were going around there? It was like, we, why do you even know that band? Who was that? Was that Nelson? That, on that was that Nelson. One? That's where the concert shirt comes oh, from. Because Nikki and I were, were running Crown of the Crest and she's coming to run Hitchcock and we had talked about everything you could talk about apparently because we had made it all the way to Nelson. And we were talking about that song, I Can't Live Without Your Love and Affection. And I said, there's a guy out here I know he's going to know because I said that Ron's yeah. I said, Ron's going to know. And then Ron was there. And I approached him and he looked at me like I had two heads. So, <laughs> you, you know what that reminds me of is we, we used to play a heavy metal version of a Britney Spears song. So just, you know, a real, a super heavy version. And you look out and there's some heavy metal dudes way in the back singing along to the lyrics. It's like, why do you even know the lyrics to that Britney Spears song? Even that's kind of the way I felt when you know. went by. 
<laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. I don't know. I'm ready to go. I mean, um, we're going to get there Friday, do the packet pickup, hang out with the people. And then, man, I'm 5 a.m. Saturday. Let's 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 get weird. Yeah, that's right. You guys will kill it. You'll do good. I mean, you there's no surprises for you out there. You guys, you got it dialed in and you put in the work and I'll definitely want to hand both of you the buckles when you come through. You know, maybe well, maybe that maybe that one right there. That's Paul's. No, that's Paul's because I can't show you your buckle. I mean, you don't want to see it or anything. So <laughs> Until I, get I the guess I guess that one's Paul's. There. Let's go, yes. <laughs> I got to send one last random thing out because I got a, a viewer who is counting on me to say this. So when we go out there, we got to fuck it up, Roro. He'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right on. Hey, Ron, thanks again for joining us. Look forward to seeing you Friday and Saturday. We're going to have a banger of a race. And again, yeah, thanks thank for you, what you do for us. You bet. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate any opportunity to talk to you guys and about the race and Look forward to see what you guys have coming up after the race, too. So It's our pleasure. Thanks again. We'll see you right. soon. You see bet. You. Thanks, All guys. Right. Bye-bye. Bye.